welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. So honored to have you with us. I want to tell you about something exciting coming up in the beginning of 2018. I have an opportunity to release a book entitled Better Together. It's all about how the power of community has the ability to transcend all of the individualistic issues we're dealing with right now. Love to have you check that out. You can actually pre-order it on Amazon. More information to come on that Better Together, The Power of Community. Uh, we have a bonus episode for you today, and that is my uh, Q&A session with author John Burke, the author of an amazing book called Imagine Heaven. So enjoy. Thursday evening service, and uh, man, that was, that was awesome. Is it appropriate to say you killed it in reference to a, a message on near-death experiences? Come on, that's good. I don't care who you are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just came up with that right there. Great. Okay, so we've had some questions already submitted because we put this out a while back. And uh, I'm actually going to uh, uh, be looking at my phone because the questions are on here. I'm not checking the Lakers score because they've already lost. So, oh, wow. um, but I, I want to know, I mean, you, you wrote the book two years ago. You studied this for years. You've talked to so many people. What's the most common question people ask you about heaven? Because you're kind of our heaven expert right now. Will my now. pet be there? Will my pet be there? I've had a few pets I know won't be there. <laughs> That's not going to be there. So what's we're, your answer? I think we're in the same ballpark about oh. no cats. But I, don't, I think yeah, God's going to rule us out. Below. I think yeah. they're going to be cats. Uh, my okay. sister's sure of it. Okay. Um, yeah, no, you know, it is a funny question, uh, I guess, to me. Because, you know, God created... Everything He created animals. Right. And he's used animals to teach us, to teach our kids, especially love. Why would he take that away from us? Right. You know, when he makes everything new, when everything's made right. Right. Why would he take that away? Right. So I absolutely, um, I, I don't have proof, but I do have proof scripturally uh, that there, there are lions and there are lambs and there are birds and there are right. horses and so there are animals in heaven. Surely not snakes. I, I don't, I, that's a question. But they have their legs back. What about mosquitoes? I'm really <laughs> oh, hoping no. not mosquitoes. There's no you know? need for a mosquito. There's another place that's, for mosquitoes. That only came after the fall. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it said this way that there will be pets in heaven but it may not be your pet. Meaning that it's not our pets have gone on to heaven, but it's just there are dogs well, and animals and all that. Children honestly uh, report pets wow. more often than adults do. Uh, maybe because, you know, they're, they, that's who they love. That's who they know. And God right. seems to want to welcome us with right. what feels most welcoming. That's amazing. Okay, let me get back to the questions here. Otherwise, I'll just ask my own. Um, so... When you started out your journey with all of this, what was the most surprising thing to you as you started kind of peeling back the layers of all these NDEs? Well, it truly took me 35 years to write this book. Okay. Um, so I have truly been studying them. I remember I gave a talk on the University of California Santa Barbara campus on this subject in 1998. Mm. So I've been studying it for that long. Um, but there were confusing things to me that I was right. trying to understand. How does this reconcile with what the Bible says? And, and if you just go and research near-death experiences, you're going to get all kinds of 
interpretations of the experience. I didn't have time to go into it. I went long anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> sorry about that. I'm not saying anything. It's all right. Well, it, there's so much to it. It really, it really too. But the best way to think about when people are trying to describe this, I like to, to say, you know, think about it like if you lived in a flat black and white painting. If our experience right here is really like living in a flat black and white painting, Death just means separation. So when you die, imagine you're peeled off that flat two-dimensional screen up there and suddenly you come out into this three-dimensional world of color that was all around you all the time, just in another dimension. And you experience colors and sights and sounds like you have never experienced in a flat two-dimensional world of black and white. Then you have to go back in to the, to the flat world and describe three dimensions of color. I, I honestly think that is what, that's why people are struggling for words. So what that also means is they are interpreting their experience. And, and so they interpret their experience in their own worldview. Right. So it took me really studying hundreds, a thousand uh, of them to see that no matter how they were interpreting, what they were reporting lined up and there were some interpretive keys as well mm-hmm. uh, that I discovered so like the border or the boundary right. was a really important one right um, for, for, for Christians I mean one of the confusing things is well so many people you know whether they believe in God or not they have they seem to have a great experience and a lot of people originally concluded see therefore the Bible's wrong mm. because you know, they feel great. They feel better than they've ever felt before. Well, that's exactly what Howard Storm said before this really nice welcoming committee led him in a deceptive way. Right. And so that's a part of it is just whatever you get as a peak doesn't mean the story's over yet and it's not the whole thing. So I, I had to, those were things I had to discover along the way. Okay. So many questions about that. Um, but a lot of people are asking about just, and you, you talked about this a little bit, having a new body, we'll be ourselves fully. Are you seeing a commonality of a certain age we'll all be? If a child dies, do we see them as an older age, uh, an yeah. elderly person as a younger age? Yeah. This is, a, this is fascinating, actually, because um, different people will say different things. And, and so, for instance, um, when you see the people you know, you typically see them the way you knew them. Huh. But people can also uh, appear, and, and I didn't show all of Mary's clip, but she said her welcoming committee, they were just bursting with light. But again, the light is not like light, like this light that's kind of in my eyes right now. It's love and it's life. Because it's the glory of God shining through everything. Everything has life, not by artificial light like we do, or artificial water. There is living light and living water. Mm -hmm. And this this is an artificial replica of that. And so what... What I've concluded is that um, people can, we will be who we are in our essence. We will know each other and see how beautiful we all are. We can appear in the form that we were in this earthly body, but we're so much more than that. 
Right. And, and so it can vary is, is really the answer. Um, but most say they seem to be around, you know, 30-ish. I'm shooting for oh. 29. It was a good year. Man, that was a great year. That was a good year. Yeah. Isn't it 29 a yeah. good year? 29. I had that several years. But there will be... So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> again and again. I have my own yeah. questions. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wouldn't move on. Uh-huh. <laughs> Still 29. So, okay, with that in mind, we'll recognize each other. Everybody wants to know, will we be married in heaven? Now, Jesus talks yeah, a little bit about that. Bad. We won't be given in marriage and all of that. I think some people are looking for an out. You know, <laughs> is there an expiration date? If that's on this? what you're looking for. Just don't admit it. Right? <laughs> that's right. Um, I actually find the opposite is people. Some people really are bothered by what Jesus said because it's like I can't imagine not being married to my spouse. Right. And you know, my wife used to hate this topic, and of course, you know. I've studied a lot, so we ended up talking about it a lot. And I would say, why? And she said, because we're not going to be married in heaven. And I'd say to her, why do you think we're going to be less than we are here? Mm-hmm. And we had to wrestle through that. When we're not going to be less related. When, when you get to heaven, God isn't taking away our history. Earth's history is very important. Another fascinating thing um, we should talk about of the books of heaven and angels recording them, why they're recording them. Because Earth's history is an important part of what God's teaching the angels as well. But huh. they, uh, you, you want to talk about that? Well, we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, but my wife, you know, she felt like, well, we, we just, we'll love each other all equally, so it won't be the same. That's not true. God created us relationally for a reason. Like Mary said, you know, those closest to us, we'll still be closest to. We'll know history with each other, um, and we will have, we'll have eternity, which will have uh, its own history as well. Okay, talk about the books of earth and the angels being educated and all that. Well, so this was a fascinating discovery. All across the globe... These people having these near-death experiences speak of these people in robes of white with books. Like in India, they talk about them with books of accounts. Hmm. Okay, now that's not in the Hindu scriptures. That's not the Vedic loci of the Hindu heaven. Uh, There wasn't dissolution of the self into the impersonal Brahman. None of that. But there was this brilliant man of light and love And there were these people in robes of white and books of accounts. Now, that is the book of Revelation. Right. Talking about books. There's the book of life, but there are other books as well. And in fact, like Howard said, uh, Scripture talks about that uh, our every thought, motive, and deed are being recorded in books. And God actually, I believe, has the angels, your angels, recording that for a reason. Because, see, the angels are free will creatures as well. They were created to, to love and worship God. You can't love without freedom. Mm-hmm. So they had that freedom, but they were eternal creatures. And in God's very presence, Lucifer led a rebellion. And there's only one place that's out of God's presence. God created it for Lucifer and the angels. That's what hell is. It's the only place where God lets creatures have their own way completely apart from his light, love, and life. Mm. That's what hell is. 
And, and it was not created for humans. Jesus said that. It wasn't. It was created for them. So, um, where was I? I got lost. The books of life? Yeah, the books of life and the, the uh, yeah, angels. So, so angels learning. are recording our, our deeds and our life because we are going through living in the knowledge of good and evil apart from God. And this is a time of choosing. And so we who sinned, God in his mercy hid himself, right? Mm. Uh, he, he closed Eden, essentially. He closed that, and we live in the knowledge of good and evil. So we experience both, but we get a second chance. It's a time of choosing. Angels don't have that option, but they're learning from us so that they, too, will forever choose freely to love God. I was thinking of that on the way over here. You know, just uh, <laughs> kind of kicking that around. But what the, if? Crazy, the craziest part to me is that people across the globe talk about these books right. recording their deeds. Right, and it's not part of their upbringing or no. their scriptures or anything. Okay, fascinating. Um, you brought up angels. We had several questions about can we talk to angels? Should we talk to angels? Um, are they communicating with us? Uh, seems like there's always a movie or a song about that. I mean, yeah. what, what are people saying about that? What are you seeing? Yeah, you know, I, before doing this research, I hadn't thought much about angels at all. Right. Um, I think angels are creatures just like us. Um, they're, they were created in, in eternity, so in dimensions beyond ours, but they're not dissimilar to us, many of them. Hmm. And in fact, we are told that we will rule angels. Not as we think of rule, but, but because we are learning something that they need to learn. Right. So in heaven, we will actually have authority over angels, which is strange to think about. Wow. But they are serving us right now. But we are not to try to communicate to them. Um, they are ministering spirits sent by God to minister to us because I think he's teaching them something. But we are, we got, we, you don't need to. We got a direct channel yep. to the God of the universe. That's what Jesus did. He said you can enter in confidently before him and talk to him about anything. Yeah. He's your best friend. Right. And when we go try to contact the angels or try to contact the dead, we're opening ourselves up to a world that, like I said, it's not all good and you can be deceived. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're told not to do that in the scriptures. A lot of people want to know, loved ones that have gone on, can they see us? Are they interacting with us in any way? I don't, I don't completely know the answer to that. Um, you know, to some degree, biblically in the book of Revelation, those, you know, it talks about those who were martyred Right. are seeing what's going on on earth seemingly and saying, how long, Lord, how long will it continue before you come back? Right. So it seems like that's possible. There are those who yeah. talk about in, in heaven knowing what was going on on earth, but it's all, it's all in a completely different frame of reference, of time and of, of space, and they're, they're eager to welcome us in. Right. Um, and I think God can send them on missions to minister to us. Uh -huh. But 
I don't think it's just like they can choose. Right. It's not Patrick Swayze showing and, up in the pottery yeah, class. No. And, okay. and, and again, I think it's dangerous when we seek to contact those who are dead. In fact, we're told yeah. in Scripture not to. Okay. Uh, because in doing so, uh, we're opening ourselves up to deception. Okay. Let's shift gears a little bit to the other side. Uh, you mentioned the deceiving spirits taking somebody away to another place. You mentioned hell. Um, we were getting some questions about the... Um, near-death experiences, and I think you said in your talk, like 25% are, are not going to a good place. Well, no, that's, that can be confusing. 23, thank you. Yes, so what I said is that doesn't tell you how many or what percent oh, are okay. going to heaven or going to hell. That is the percent. So, like I said, people are very cautious about t- telling anybody about this. That's why doctors, unless they ask, people don't talk about it. And, and even when they do, most of the time people give them that, you're weird, or it was the yep. medication look, and then they don't tell anybody again. Right. But of those who do talk about having a near-death experience, still 23% of those okay. thousands who have come forward, thousands and thousands, uh, talked about a not good experience, a hellish experience. What do they say, and we've had several questions about purgatory. Does that line up with anything that you're experiencing, seeing, hearing about? No. Um, okay. But, but there are, well, but there, I think there are, well, the best way to think about it is this world, Earth, is vast, right? That world is even more vast. Mm. And so when someone dies, they begin a journey either with, with angels or their welcoming committee that's there to guide them and protect them toward God or away from God. And the places away from God are vast and different. And mm-hmm. there are many different places. Elaborate so, on that. Well, um, so there's, there, I did one chapter in Imagine Heaven on on this topic Mm -hmm. and people some people talk about uh kind of almost like it's like a hell on earth okay where um they're they don't know they're dead and they keep trying to live for the things that they were bound to Mm. on earth okay and then others talk about this uh outer darkness like howard went to and where people literally it's i mean it's like it's like the worst of humanity and just keep going. Right. So think about when, when humans just get so depraved that all they do is like, you know, feed on each other and try to, you know, it's like, it's like kill or be killed. And mm-hmm. it just keeps going that way. And then people talk about, you know, kind of more of the, uh, you know, places of fire or, you know, demonic stuff. I mean, it... It gets as ugly as you want to get. Okay, so this, uh, you mentioned Howard, he's led away. Is there any sense that after death, there's still this moment where you have a choice? Like what Lewis talks about, and is it the great divorce, where there's an opportunity to make a choice there? I'll tell you what, you know, um, I know this. I know that God loves every single person so much that he entered humanity, bound himself to humanity in the form of Jesus and 
suffered the worst torture to pay for us so that all we need is, I mean, and he says it, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's all it takes. So you see as Jesus is being crucified, two thieves on either side. One who's proud and arrogant and says, Jesus, hey, if you're the Messiah, prove it. Get, get yourself down off that cross and get me off with it. Save my butt. And that's arrogance. And Jesus doesn't even reply. The other thief says, what are you saying? We deserve this. Mm. He, this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. So he admits his wrong. And he says to Jesus, when you come in your kingdom, will you remember me? Mm. That's it. You know, no, no formal prayer, just a heart saying, will you remember me? And Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise today. Yeah. So I don't know where that line is, you know? Yeah. I write about multiple people in the book who literally in their dying moments or right on the other side, and I, I guess before they crossed that border or boundary, did cry out to Jesus and, and he came. Wow. Not just Howard. I mean, multiple ones. Wow. But I don't think it's wise to conclude that, you know, after you cross, there, there's something about eternity, right, that there's mm-hmm. this border or boundary. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I just saw it so much and read it so much. You heard them even talk about it, right? Right. Did you pick that up? Mm-hmm. Like Dale? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's not like there's this place. It's not a place. So I don't even know what it is. But right. they, they come to a place where they realize, I can't, if I go there, then I can't go back. Right. And I have a choice to make. Will I stay or will I go back? Right. Okay. Um, you, you say that, and I know for a lot of us, we hear that and we go, that is fantastic news, that's wonderful. And we all have friends that, that say, hey, I prayed that prayer, I even got baptized, I'm good, I don't need to worry about anything else. But I know that you're passionate about something you guys are talking about at your church right now, about rewards. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit, that there's so much more to yeah. live for than just the magic words and beyond Well, that. And, and gosh, if I could have shown you more of uh, these interviews, but you know, there's a, there's a whole chapter in Imagine Heaven on the Life Review. And... The life review is the most life-changing thing for people hmm. because they don't just re-experience their lives. They re-experience their lives experiencing what all the people they interact with felt, thought, wow. experienced, and the ripple effect of it. Now think about that. <laughs> I don't want to. Well, so on the, yeah. <laughs> There's that side of it. And, and, and so many people feel like they just feel guilt and they feel condemnation, but there is no condemnation for all who are in Christ Jesus. None. Right. right. And you got to hold on to that. That's how good God is. He doesn't want you to live with the weight of guilt and shame and condemnation. He paid for it. Now, that means, just like Howard said, you know, I, he said in that interview, you know, when I came back, I knew I could, I could whore, I could steal, I could thieve, I could do whatever I want. I was free. But all I wanted to do is please my friend, Jesus. Hmm. That's what he realized. Wow. He loves me so much. I just, want, I just want to do whatever he would want. And they come back very clear that the most important thing 
is how we treat one another. Now, duh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But we still have to be reminded that, right. you know, we, we, we think, well, uh, you know, and, and everybody, you know, God tells them, your purpose is not done yet. And so we come back, and they don't know what their purpose is. They're, they have to struggle through life just like us. Like, am I doing it? Am I doing it? Am I doing it? But I think we get lost when we forget. He's already told us the center core of our purpose. No matter whether we're an engineer working for, you know, Boeing or Chevron or Dell or whatever, uh, or a pastor, or it's how do you treat the people you come in contact with? Hmm. Because that matters to Jesus. In fact, he said to Saul, right, why are you persecuting me? Well, he wasn't persecuting him. He was killing Christians. He was persecuting Jesus. See, Hmm. he's that, that's a whole other story, is the oneness of heaven. Hmm. You know, Jesus, what Jesus prayed for, they talk about that. Yeah. That's Really? Oh, yeah. There's so much. You see why it's hard to keep it short. Okay, so... (laughs) Exactly, and I know you've got to get down to LAX, so we're not going to keep you forever. I, I have a couple last questions. First of all, how do you read Scripture differently now, having been through all of this? I don't think I do, because, but, but it's why I finally wrote the book. Because, you know, I came to Scripture as a skeptic reading about these people and going, it's kind of like a slap in the face, like, oh my gosh, maybe there really is life after death. I better figure this out. Right. And so, um, I guess, I guess the thing that I've seen the most is that some of the things I thought were metaphors like in the book of Revelation where John's trying to describe the new Jerusalem and heaven, hmm. that this is probably the biggest, is that it, it sounds cheesy and gaudy, like streets of gold and pearl gates and like, I mean, that just didn't appeal to me at all, mm-hmm. right? It sounded, you know, gaudy, like yeah. a bad televangelist set or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Right? Big hair. Yeah. You know, like, oh my gosh, really? Forever? <laughs> yes. But, but, so, so, but here's the thing. Here's what I realized. People describe, they're, they're trying to describe something truly otherworldly. So like, like Dale, he, uh, in, in chapter eight of Imagine Heaven, he talks about, he, he has this incredible description of coming in. It's like he's flying into the city. Hmm. Now, the city, and Mary describes it too, it's real, it's a real place, it's physical, it's, it's tangible, but it also is made of, Mary said, love. Mm-hmm. And she said, and I know, that's nonsensical. Right. It's made of light and love, but how? And, but, but it's physical. And they describe it as gold, but it's transparent. Hmm. Well, gold's not transparent. Right. And the gold is a... It's just, it's, and, and so the, and the, the, the pearl gate, mm-hmm. okay, is translucent, it's pearlescent, it's this, it's an otherworldly substance, you can see through it, hmm. and yet it's this pearlescent, 
and, and they say it's mesmerizing. It's like they said they could stand there and just stare just at the gate and the substance forever. And by the way, it goes through. So the wall of the city is thick. It's 214 feet thick. So there's a tunnel through. Now this is fascinating because um, the, a blind kid uh, that I write about in the book hmm. and Dale and Don Piper, who I interviewed, um, and Mary, they're, they're all, and, and many others, they're talking about it. Okay, now I know they've never talked to each other because I interviewed them different times and I knew they hadn't read each other's books. And this blind kid is describing coming up to this wall that's like, he feels like it's almost on fire with light, but he's scared to touch it, but he wants to touch it because the light's coming out of the wall. Right. And then there's a smooth substance inside this this tube he says that he goes through that's how he describes it hmm. and it was a stone but it wasn't like that stone it was a smooth stone that's how he described it pearl but he didn't even know to call it that right right and he's never read the book of revelation he's an eight-year-old blind kid right and that's what he's describing and then dale and don talk about as they're going through how the light plays and almost like dances inside wow. and they both say it and they didn't know each other said it. Right. So it's like all these little, getting to see all these little details and how they line up. It's like, it's like all these people in different corners of a car accident. Right. And one sees this side and one sees the other side. But when you start to put the pieces together, you're like, oh, I see. And you see this whole vast world. It's just amazing. You must have just been getting chills all the time. Oh, man. Like, it was. I've heard it was, that before. That's yeah. unbelievable. Okay, something I've always wondered about. So Jesus brings Lazarus back from the dead. He's been gone four days. How is Lazarus happy about that? I think he's not. <laughs> I know. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. You, this is, it was yeah, great. No, it's, <laughs> and that's what I wonder with all these NDEs. Yeah. Are, is there a sense of... Plus he's stunned. Uh, well, yeah. That, he's, <laughs> he's got that to deal with, right? <laughs> no, but you know... Do they, they want to come back? It's a really important question. It's fascinating. You know... Um, after I wrote this book, I mean, I, there were some I knew about in our church, but there were many more yeah. who came up like, I had that. Well, there was a couple in our, at our South Campus who um, almost got divorced. And when I spoke on this and they read the book, it, it helped. And the reason was is because um, they were struggling in their marriage because when she came back, she wow. really didn't want to be here and he took it personally. Yeah. And she kept trying to explain, it's not... It's not you. You don't understand. And many people are depressed. Right. And so in some ways, it's a responsibility, but it's not a gift right. to come back. Um, because uh, <laughs> like, like um, uh, Howard said, he said, this world has felt kind of like a haze, mm. like not, not real compared to that. So it's been kind of a letdown. Right. And so really, they have to come and just be faithful to God. Wow. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. Can we just thank John for being with us? He's so great. Um, I, I know that John's got about 10 minutes before he has to take off, but I'm going to let you just kind of stay.
stand down here. So I'm sure people have some questions for you and all that. And then we'll whisk you away and let you get out of here. So appreciate your ministry. For those of you who haven't read his other books, they're phenomenal as well. I've been a fan for a long time. So this is a big deal for me. And I'm just in awe, grateful that you're here. So well, thank and, you. And I can make a plug because I got to endorse Rusty's new book coming out on community, which mm. is excellent. We're going to use it at our church. Thank so. you. I appreciate it. Yeah. You said it just like I asked you to. <laughs> no, he didn't. Thank you. I promise he didn't. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for staying, everybody. Thanks for watching on Facebook Live. <laughs>